Hello all and welcome all to another edition of the DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike LaFemina. We are presented by Sports Ethos. And today we will be doing the Week 6 Cash Lineup Review. Now, if you have not joined us for this edition of the podcast before, what we do here is we reverse engineer my cash lineup from the previous week go over all the decisions that were made that went into that lineup and then after that we go into a sneak peek live reaction to the pricing for the week ahead which will be week seven before we get into that i just want to remind everybody basketball season is quickly approaching and the best way to dominate all your drafts is to have the Brewski 150 rankings list which you can find at sportsethos.com the best bet for your money in my opinion is the ethos 360 pass which is only $22 per month it gets you access to the mentioned Brewski 150 rankings list. The DFS pass, which gets you access to our Discord, where I help out with lineup questions throughout the week for showdown slates and for on Sunday morning, as well as my DFS delivery, which is released typically late Friday, early Saturday sometime. You also get the wager pass, which is access to all of the handicappers at sportsethos.com. All that for just $22 per month. As I mentioned, the Ethos 360 package. All right, let's get into this. It was a brutal week results-wise for your boy. The final record for the week ended up being 7-43 in head-to-head contests, which is not great, Bob. Not great. That lowers the year-to-date rate uh, record to 135, 136, and 1. So what went wrong this week? Well, let's go over the lineup real quick, and then we can... Break it down a little further. So at quarterback, Joe Burrow, 6,300 for 14.8 points. David Montgomery at 7,300 in the running back slot for 4.3 points. Raheem Mostert at 6,400 for 37.2 points. Jamar Chase at 8,300 for 14 points. Christian Kirk at 5,400 for 13.9 points. Josh Downs at 4.1K for 13.1 points. Logan Thomas was the tight end for 3,500, 1.2 points. Kyron Williams in the flex at 6,500 for 24.8 points. And the Browns defense costing $2,200 for six DraftKings points, totaling in 129 Point three points. 
Okay. So. It became pretty evident looking through the pricing this week that it was going to be a three running back week. I did not see enough value on the board at wide receiver for cash games where I was really considering four wide receivers. Normally I like to on DraftKings. Obviously we get the PPR production um, the extra point per reception. So if it's close, I tend to award the tiebreaker to the wide receiver position. But this week, there was just too many smash spots at reasonable pricing for the running backs. We'll start at the running back position. I ended on as I mentioned, Montgomery at 7,300, Moser at 6,400, and Kyron Williams at 6,500. As the week went on, we had two very, very inexpensive options open up to us. Donta Foreman was only 4,400, what was presumed to be the main workload for the Chicago Bears playing at home against Minnesota. And then for 4,300, we had Chuba Hubbard for the Carolina Panthers with Miles Sanders being ruled out going against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Now, both of those options were completely viable for cash this week. Um, they were going to be the number ones in their offense for low 4,000s, that's just not an opportunity that comes around very often, and I strongly considered it. I could say that I kind of made up my mind a little early in the week, and once those options became available, I didn't really consider them as much as I should have. But I was dead set on Montgomery just in that with Jameer Gibbs being out, being the absolute workhorse. Yes, Tampa Bay is not the greatest off uh, defense of matchup for running backs, uh, but I didn't care. I thought that Detroit's offense would still be viable enough, which it was. Unfortunately, we got a David Montgomery injury um, in the portion of the game where Detroit was struggling a little bit on offense. They did awaken in the second half, but Montgomery was out. That's all part of the game. Nothing you can do about that. Um, Kyron Williams at 6,500 was a smash play and something that I was not really considering getting off of either at home against Arizona. He paid off to the tune of 158 yards and a touchdown as well the $100 rushing yard bonus and then the obvious play of all obvious plays this week was Raheem Mosert at home against this putrid Carolina defense obviously he went nuclear with three total touchdowns 115 rushing yards 
and even three catches for 17 yards. Um, it, you know, I lost to a few lineups that didn't have Moser in their lineup, and I would consider that a mistake. When somebody in that role, in that type of offense, we knew A-Chan was gonna, is out for at least four weeks, right? Selvin Ahmed was coming back, but, like, come on. We've seen Moser be the number one in this offense, and the game script the the was obviously on their side. The point total, I think, got up to fourteen and a half. So obviously, there was going there was a high probability of some garbage time. Now it didn't start out that way, but even so, if they were trailing, Moser was going to be involved. In the passing game, some we've seen plenty of work for him in the passing game. So if you didn't have Moser in your cash lineup this week, that was that was a mistake, in my opinion. Now, could you have paired him with Dante Foreman or with Chuba Hubbard? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, was Josh Jones at 4,100 a must-play for me this week? Absolutely not. Was Logan Thomas at 3,500 must play for me this week at the tight end position? Absolutely not. You know, Ingram was totally viable at 4,500. Hawkinson was not an option for me. It's just too much to spend. Like, if I'm going to spend up at tight end in cash, it's going to be for Travis Kelsey. Or unless Mark Andrews is in an absolute smash spot. He was in the London slate, so he wasn't even available to us this week. Other running backs I considered. Alvin Kamara at 6,800 was certainly in play. Another uh, underpriced option. DeAndre Swift at 6,100 at home against the Jets was also in consideration. Or, no, they were in in New York. Either way, going against the Jets, the Jets had struggled against the run. Then I did feature DeAndre Swift heavily in my tournament lineups, which he did get there, but not, not the way we all thought. He did it through the receiving game. Okay, so I did not pivot to any of the cheap running backs. I stuck with Montgomery, I stuck with Mostert, and I stuck with Kyron Williams. Um, And if I had to do it over again, I would consider dropping Montgomery down just because of the matchup um, and plugging in either Foreman or Hubbard. I, I was leaning Foreman. Now, that ended up not being the right call, choosing between those two, but we've just seen Foreman be the guy. We've seen Hubbard get his opportunities, and it just wasn't something that I was really excited about. I wasn't excited about either of the matchups, right? I thought that Hubbard could get down quickly against Miami, and he would just kind of maybe get a few catches, but there wasn't upside there, right? Um, now they got up to an early lead. Hubbard got in the end zone, and he did get there, easily paying off his 4,300 price tag. 
Now, what would I have done with those savings was also something that I was kind of struggling with. Do I go up from Burrow up to Justin Fields with that money? Although Fields had been playing a lot better lately, and he has had a positive matchup going against Minnesota at home. (sighs) I was just seduced by Burrow being back at home against Seattle, which I still don't think is a fantastic defense. I definitely expected Cincinnati to play better. And I was 100% playing Jamar Chase this week. So I thought that Burrow was the logical option, especially only being $6,300. I considered Stafford at $6,100. I considered Gardner Minshew at $5,000. And as I mentioned, Fields was a brief consideration. Uh, Minshew, I... I like to pay down a quarterback, but there was enough value this week where getting the extra 1300 up to Burrow seemed like a no-brainer to me. Same thought process with Stafford, um, him being 6100 It was close. I wouldn't fault you for playing Stafford at home against Arizona. Uh, but he's on the older side, right? There's there's more downside to Stafford, I think, even though we've seen the downside of Burrow at uh, the beginning of this week. There was a chance that the Rams, and eventually did, play out this way in the second half, just ran all over the Cardinals, and Kyron Williams was who you wanted in your lineup. So that's how I landed um, Burrow at 6,300. I mentioned Chase. Um, was an auto play for me this week. Coming off the big game last week, they did not price him up that much, only up to 8300 I was very comfortable with the matchup. I was very, very comfortable with the price. Uh, you know, it wasn't a terrible game. Six catches for 80 yards, 14 points. is nothing to sneeze at, but obviously you're hoping for more from that, from Jamar Chase, right? Um, wasn't expecting 50 points like he got last week, but definitely was looking for 10 or so more points at a chase. Christian Kirk at $5,400 was pretty close to an auto click for me, uh, especially with Zay Jones being ruled out. We already saw Jacksonville have great success against Indy with the passing game in week one. And Jacksonville's offense has certainly been humming a little better. They've gotten some offensive linemen back. And Christian Kirk is just better than Zay Jones. I don't know why they have Zay Jones running out there in wide receiver two sets over Christian Kirk. Regardless, Kirk only had three catches for 49 yards, which is not what I was anticipating. Uh, but he did get find the end zone for us. Now, Josh Downs, opposite of him, I was more than okay with Josh Downs at 4,100. I still think he's too cheap 
that DraftKings refuses to to price him up. Jacksonville's defense, while playing better recently, I will give them that, is not something that I'm super concerned about, uh, especially in the secondary. I thought Gardner Minshew is serviceable. I still think he is. It was a bad game for Minshew, for sure. Um, And the last time that Minshew got the spot start for an injured Anthony Richardson, he targeted downs 11 times. And I think it's the type of guy that Gardner Minshew likes to target uh, coming out of the slot for Josh Downs. Um, it wasn't a great day. Five catches is certainly what you like to see. Only 21 yards on those five catches is a little disappointing. He did find the end zone and get there. Um, so a little lucky, right, with Kirk and with Downs even to get those point totals. But overall, you know, I'm happy with those decisions. They didn't all work out quite as I'd hoped. But if I had to do it over again, I would probably play those three again. Perhaps I should have moved Montgomery down to Foreman and use those extra funds to move downs up to Thielen, who just continues to smash. I went up against a good amount of Thielen and head-to-heads and knew I was in trouble immediately. Um, of course, he he went he went ham again. 11, 11 catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. I just cannot believe that Thielen is cooking like this so consistently. Uh, I've considered Thielen a few times earlier in the season when he was a bit cheaper. But Bryce Young's play to begin the year kind of scared me off of him. You know, when Dalton was in there, it's a much easier click. But credit to Bryce Young, credit credit to Adam Thielen. They've made it work the past couple weeks with Young behind center. And obviously they were going to be in a big-time trailing game script against Miami. So in hindsight, that play makes a ton of sense. At tight end, I went Logan Thomas for 3500 He's just been earning consistent targets for the commanders. The Falcons are susceptible to giving up fantasy points to the tight end position. Um, and there were a whole ton of other options that I was really in love with. Ingram at 4500 was a good play. And I really considered it. Um, I don't mind having two of the same team members in the same lineup, in the same pass core with Christian Kirk and Ingram. That's not what stopped me. Uh, I just wanted to spend my, like, Montgomery was the priority for me. And maybe that was a mistake, but it's tough to tell how that would have went given the injury. If Montgomery gets 10 to 15 more points, my record's not 7 and 43 for the week. So I'm not going to beat myself too much up over it. Obviously, Logan Thomas laid a dud 
one catch for two yards. Um, Kyle Pitts was in play at 3500 at the same price. Johnny Smith was in play at 3400 But, man, it's so tough to trust anything from this Falcons passing attack, especially in cash. I was totally on board with that for tournaments. Ritter, London, Pitts, double stacks ended up winning a milli this week. So, obviously, that was a great tournament play. As we've seen, Washington's defense just kind of not put up any resistance in the passing game. Still only amounted to 16 total points for the Falcons. That's another story. Um, yeah, man, Logan Thomas just kind of kind of bit me here. Um, I don't think I would necessarily change that either from... If I had to do it again, like I said, there's a lot inherent downside risk to playing Falcons passing attack options, especially Kyle Pitts. Uh, Johnu Smith was has been serviceable this year, which is all you can really ask for from the tight end. But given the same price, you know, I would click Logan Thomas again. Uh, Kyron Williams kind of touched on that already. That's. 6,500, awesome spot in a bounce-back game, uh, having faced the Eagles' vicious run defense last week. Bouncing backs against the Cardinals this week. And then landing on the Browns' defense at 2,200, I was more than okay with that. If you heard me on the pod with Keith last week, you heard me kind of hint that that I was May going that way. We saw some weather coming in for Cleveland. And it's just too talented of a defense to be priced at 2200. Obviously, the 49ers offense is a scary click to go against when you're clicking a defense. Now look, I wouldn't be doing that if it was the Vikings hint hint for next Monday night. I wouldn't be doing that with the commander's defense, but I thought the Browns defense was formidable enough to not get absolutely train wrecked, which came, you know, to fruition. Uh, They performed a little better than I thought. They they were there for three sacks, got a pick, six DraftKings points. Uh, I also did consider trying to find the money to get up to the 49ers defense, but I just did not see myself spending $4,000 on a defense in cash. It's just not the way I play. Um, Just because defense is so volatile, there's no predictability to defense, right? If before the week, I know there was a lot of people out there saying you have to to play the 49ers defense, it's just so obvious, blah, 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 blah. It's just not right. It's just not the right way to go about thinking things. And the proof was in the pudding, right? The Browns had a backup quarterback in, in crappy weather. Obvious smash spot for the 49ers, right? Seven DraftKings points this week. Browns, six DraftKings points. The Vikings at 3,000, who you could argue was a great play, 
ended up getting there because of a defensive touchdown. If you can correctly pick who's going to score a defensive touchdown every week, you're going to smash on defense, um, which is obviously almost impossible to predict. So I'm not saying you go to the bottom of the barrel every week, but you spend down with the cheapest viable defense. The Bucks at 2,400 or 2,300 was in consideration for for that slot for me. The Lions at 2,700 were the other two defenses that I was considering. At the beginning of the week, I had the Dolphins defense locked in there with when I had Gardner Minshew. Um, obviously a good spot against Carolina at home, but for 3,500, I figured I'd rather spend the money on Burrow and accept the outcome with the Browns defense at 2,200. Uh, so once again, we totaled for 129.3 points with a record of 7-43 and 43 in head-to-head contests for the week. So bounce-back season is upon us next week. All in all, not really discouraged with the thought process. The results weren't there. Um but you can't overreact, right? This was a terrible, terrible week. But it is what it is. I've had weeks earlier this year where I went 46-4 and four, um, and was unhappy with a couple of the decisions I made in my lineup. Uh, not to say that it's all luck, because obviously it's not. This is a heavy game of skill, but you do need... So there is some unlucky instances, um, and that's just part of the game. Now we will transition to week seven, leaving the sour taste of week six in the rear view. Real quick, we have a whopping six teams on by this week. Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, and Titans. We also lose the... uh, Excuse me. The... What is the Thursday night game this week? That's right, the Jaguars and the Saints are playing Thursday night. So we lose Trevor Lawrence and the Saints skills guys. Uh, Week 7 Sunday night football is Dolphins and the Eagles. So we lose Tua, we lose Jalen Hurts and all of their skill position guys. And then for Monday Night Football, we have the Vikings going against the 49ers, as we mentioned. So no Kirk Cousins and crew and no Brock Purdy and crew. Sorry about that. 
All right, so that leaves us. For week seven. With 10 games on the slate, the main slate. And the top price quarterback to no one's surprise, Patrick Mahomes. So we get Herbert Allen, Herbert Allen and Mahomes all in the 8,000 range. Followed by Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, who is, I believe, already ruled out. He's doubtful, so... Um, Stafford only gets a slight bump to 6,500. Goff at Baltimore, 6,400. Geno at home against Arizona for $6,000. Uh, knowing myself, that seems like that probably will be my play for cash without looking into things. Um, right, I'm not playing. PJ Walker. I'm not playing Malik Cunningham or Mac Jones. I'm not playing Brian Hoyer. I'm not playing. Is it Dagnett, which is Fields' backup? I'm not playing Tyrod Taylor. So Minshew playing Cleveland at home. No, thank you. Howell going against the Giants. Eh, no. So there's not a ton of options. You could spend down for Geno Smith at 6000 even. <clears throat> or you can try and spend up for Mahomes at 8300 going against the Chargers at home. So that is a decision we'll have to make as the week progresses. Looking through the running backs real quick, Eckler and Barkley are your top two options. Uh, Jacobs is pretty recently placed at 7,400 going against the Chicago Bears. That has a lot of interest, especially if Hoyer is going, or even if it's Aiden O'Connell. Um, let's see here. Bijan keeps dropping in price. I just, I don't think I can ever get there with Bijan and Cash. I'm more than fine with them in tournaments, but, you know, Arthur Smith has just repeatedly shown to us he doesn't give a damn about our fantasy lineups um and there's no consistency with the workload there so that's always a scary click in cash kenneth walker for seven thousand against arizona if i don't go gino i may go kenneth walker um correlation's not that big of a deal in cash games but Quarterback, wide uh, running back, especially when that running back isn't a heavy receiving back like Kenneth Walker, is not the way I tend to construct my lineups normally. Uh, if we get Aaron Jones back this week, he's only 6,800 going against the putrid defense of the Broncos, so that could be appealing. Uh, Brian Robinson at 5,800 could be in play. Going down the board a little bit here. Um, Kareem Hunt for an even 5,000. Seems to be getting some increased workload. Jerome Ford is also 5,100. Kind of tough to tell, though, what's the 
workload split going to be moving forward. So that probably will be a stay away. Uh, going down the board a little more. Nothing's really popping out at the moment. Uh, Foreman's only priced up to 4,800. Donta Foreman of the Bears. If Roshan Johnson is out again, that could be in play for sure. Uh, as well as Craig Reynolds at 4,900. Baltimore is obviously not the best matchup. But if Jameer Gibbs still can't come back, we already know Montgomery is going to be out. It's just one of those volume plays where we'll just have to hold our nose and click the button. Uh, Rashad White seems a little too cheap at 5,100. Yes, the matchup at home against Atlanta is not ideal. Uh, but that seems too cheap given his workload this year. Moving along to receiver, Cooper Cup, rightfully so, priced up at 9500 at a great spot going against the chart, uh, the Steelers at home. Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, and Amon Ra St. Brown, who just continues to crush. Uh, Puka Nakua gets a little bit of a price dip to down to 7600 Um Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Metcalf being only 6,800 is enticing. Going down. Myers. Eh, not with Brian O'Hare. No thanks. Um, Safe Flowers continues to be a little too cheap. They keep putting him in this mid 5K range, and his role just can, and his targets continue to expand in this Baltimore offense. He's getting more valuable targets. It's not just close to the line of scrimmage stuff. He's getting more down the field as work as well. So for 5,700, he's he's catching my eye for sure. Another guy who's continues to be priced down too cheaply is Marquise Brown, only 5,300. Him and Dobbs have a connection. Dobbs isn't a train wreck, right? And Seattle's secondary was a lot of the reason that I mentioned that I went with the Bengals last week. So that will be in consideration. Going down the board some more. Um, if Deshaun Watson is back, Elijah Moore, only 4,200, is certainly going to be in consideration for me. If we get Daniel Jones back, Wondell Robinson being only 3,800 going against the Commanders will certainly be appealing. Yeah, it's just another tough week, it looks like, um, for the under 4,000 price range. At receiver, it was rough this last week. Seems it's going to be rough again this week. Uh, tight end, we get both Kelsey and Andrews on the slate. Kelsey at eight thousand dollars. It's just so tough to pay that. Um, Andrews at fifty-seven hundred is much more appealing. We get Laporta at fifty-three hundred. Darren Waller at five thousand. Um, 
And then paying down Pitts is getting priced up more and more every week. He's all up to 4000 They kept Logan Thomas at 3500 I may be dumb enough to go right back to that. Njoku at 3400 is appealing. Musgrave at 3300 could be a click. Uh, and if Zach Ertz is still your thing, that could be a click at 3200 Rounding things out here quickly with defenses, Buffalo going to New England is your top price option at 4200 Again, that will not be something I will be clicking as appealing as that matchup sounds. Going down the board here, who's priced too cheap? The Chiefs at 2400 going against the Chargers. They're at home. This Chiefs defense is solid, man. It's solid. Um, you know, the Chargers, they're a good offense, but, you know, we just saw last night going against the Cowboys. They can be, they can be held in check. Um, so the Chiefs at 2400 is appealing. Falcons at 2800 Going against Tampa is appealing. Um, Baltimore at 2,500 going against the Lions could be a consideration, especially with Montgomery out. Um, to be determined. You know, Goff did perform pretty well in Tampa Bay. So we'll see about that one. But. I would say that the Browns at 3,300 have my attention and the Chiefs at 2,400 have my attention. Okay, that's going to do it for the Week 7 look ahead. I appreciate everybody listening. Um, going through the tough results this week, but we're we're here to review it all. Good, bad, indifferent. Um we're going to continue grinding this season and getting back into the green for the season. You can follow my work at MLFM10. We got some PGA content coming out later this week. Early start with the Zozo Championship starting Wednesday night. So be on the lookout for that. The DFS delivery for football and the pick em plays for the week seven slate later in the week. I'm your host, Mike LaFemna, and thank you for joining.